This is a podcast from Minute Media. Welcome to Sound the Foghorn. We are back for postseason baseball, postseason San Francisco Giants baseball. As always, I am your host, Mark DeLuke, today with an exciting episode, of course, as we are here in the National League Divisional Series for the first time in the history of the Dodgers-Giants rivalry. They are meeting in a five-game playoff series. I don't want to get into whether regular season tiebreakers count as playoffs or not. That's beside the point. Don't get, don't lose the fun for the details, all right, everybody? It's a five-game series. The NLD Giants, Dodgers, 107 win Giants, 106 win Dodgers in game one. Boy, was it fun. Logan Webb went up against Walker Bueller. And Buster Posey got the Giants ahead early on a opposite field two-run homer that would have been the first ever. Oracle Park, Oracle Park splash hit by a right-handed hitter, but it hit one of the water cannons, so it was just a two-run homer, but the Giants will be happy to take it, and that two runs probably would have been enough for Logan Webb, who was absolutely dominant from the jump, getting the game one start over Kevin Gaussman, who's been the ace of this Giants team for the past two seasons, but Webb came on strong, especially in the second half, but really has been really good all season long. The young Rockland, California native, came through in the clutch. It was, I mean, I'm not sure if I was the first, but I definitely wasn't the last. I tweeted out that it was reminiscent of Tim Lincecum throwing a shutout, complete game shutout, um, in the game one of the NLDS back in 2010 before the San Francisco Giants had ever won a World Series. It was really an era-defining moment, or perhaps maybe a, a better term, uh, better term uh, a phrase would be a transitional moment where it, it announced the Giants as the postseason uh, uh, contenders, as the dynasty was just beginning. And, you know, that Lincecum shutout, it was one of the greatest performances I've ever seen. I think a lot of us have ever seen. He struck out 14 again. A sh- it was a complete shutout. And I want to take a little bit of time not just to skate over that and, and just compliment Webb because you might forget, but Lincecum's shutout wasn't the big story in baseball that day because Roy Halladay with the Phillies earlier that same day in the 2010 during the uh, 2010 divisional series, threw a no hitter, and so um, Lincecum's uh, shutout kind of got buried a bit. Of course, it still lives in Giants fans' heart, but just wanted to take a moment um, to give that a little extra love. But L- Logan Webb dealing—he didn't have to throw more than 15 pitches in any inning. Struck out. 10 over seven and two thirds innings without walking a batter allowed three hits and really only two of those hits were, were relatively hard contact. You know, he, he had some good plays from the defense, but most of those good plays weren't on hard hit balls. It was just on, you know, grounders that might've found a, a hole had, had uh, a diving play uh, by Wilmer Flores or a, a great four, six, three double play from Tommy Listella to Brandon Crawford to, to Flores um, not been pulled off, but you know, Webb, 
was not getting squared up. You know, the, the fastball and or the sinker and slider have been the story of his season, but an unheralded part of his um, real breakout, turning from a fringe back of the rotation arm into a legitimate, uh, a viable ace on a World Series contender has been the development of his changeup, and he relied on it today more than he ever had before, throwing it nearly 40 times, inducing a career-high 12 swinging strikes on the pitch, and the Dodgers had no answer. Walker Buehler didn't pitch poorly. It was just he made the, he got beat. Buster Posey on a 3-0 fastball goes the other way, sends it Again, nearly into McCovey Cove. Later in the game, it's our good friend. Recent Giants acquisition, 2016 World Series champion Chris Bryant takes Bueller deep to left center field, gives them a little extra insurance. And then in the ninth, it's the MVP. Well, at least the team MVP. We'll see how voting shakes out. But Brandon Crawford goes yard, making it four to nothing. Gabe Kapler pulled Webb after 92 pitches. He got seven and two thirds innings, as I mentioned, striking out 10. Only took him 90 some odd pitches to do so. Let me get the specifics before I tell you the wrong thing. Webb threw 92 pitches. Okay, I got you. Got to trust the memory sometimes, and. Uh, again, it was dealing from start to finish. You know, Will Smith squared him up a bit on a double. Corey Seager had a double down the line, but again, only three hits. And, you know, you could you say there's some bad at ball luck in that? Sure, but you watch that game. You go back and watch, and you see Webb was truly pitching to perfection. He got some help from Buster Posey, who did a good job framing behind the pitch, uh, behind the plate, helping him uh, frame a couple strikes that probably should have been balls in hindsight. But nonetheless, Webb took advantage. He saw the big zone early, took advantage, and again, he didn't walk anyone. It wasn't like he was pushing um, the fringes. Bueller had to work a lot harder. He only went six and a third. As I mentioned, gave up the two homers, one to Posey, one to Bryant. Crawford's Homer came off Alex Vessia in the bottom of the eighth. But Bueller took 99 pitches just to get through six and a third. So, you know, credit to the Giants for working the count on Bueller. But Bueller also started off just, you know, kind of, I'm not sure if it's the adrenaline, I'm not sure what it was, but Bueller came out, his stuff wasn't quite as crisp, but was struggling to locate a bit, again Posey's homer came on a 3-0 pitch, Webb only had one three ball count the entire game, and that three ball count ended in a strikeout it was 10 strikeouts, 11 ground balls, just a dominant performance from Logan Webb and frankly one I think that will introduce him to a national audience that I don't think has realized just how good Logan Webb has been this season. This is a Giants podcast. I know you've been listening all year. I know this isn't news to you, but man, it was so exciting to watch. It was just so fun. It was playoff baseball. And, you know, I've kind of forgotten what that feels like to really be in when you're in so invested in a team, when you're so familiar with the team, like obviously I am with the Giants. I'm sure you are listening. You know, last time Giants played postseason baseball was 2016, you know, and you know, before this season, they obviously almost snuck into the playoffs last year in that final wild card spot. Frankly, should 
have made the playoffs last year in a wild card spot, but dropped their final three games against the Padres, and so were unable to make the expanded playoffs. But you know that was a 500 team, right? That they were only in contention because of the expanded playoffs in the COVID-19 um, shrunken season. Year before, they weren't close. Year before, they weren't close. Year before that, they weren't close. You have to go all the way back to that 2016 team where Matt Moore struck out 10. He went eight strong innings, and then Bruce Bochy handed it over to the bullpen, and they blew the lead to a Cubs team that had Chris Bryant and Tommy LaStella. And Chris Bryant and Tommy LaStella would go on to win the World Series, and that was the last we'd seen of the Giants in the postseason before tonight. Kapler pulled Webb in the eighth after allowing a two-out single to Mookie Betts. Brings in Tyler Rogers. Quickly gets Corey Seager to ground out. Crawford adds that insurance run in the bottom of the eighth. And Kapler doesn't stick by Rogers. Kapler doesn't go to Jake McGee for his first start since coming off the injured list. He goes to someone who two months ago, if I told you, in the first game of the NL Divisional Series, the Giants would be turning to Camilo Doval in the ninth inning because he's their best reliever. You would have said I was crazy. And you would have been right. It would have been crazy to think that in August. Doval was not dominant this season, even at AAA. He's had his flashes throughout his career seems he might be finally putting it together he was the NL reliever of the month in September and he looked to the part in his first postseason appearance as a rookie one two three inning including a strikeout it took him nine pitches there was no stress it was a four-run lead but we've seen four-run leads do terrible things lead to terrible things for plenty of relievers that's the nature of the game and so the Giants are ahead one to nothing in the five-game series, first team to win three will advance to the NLCS, obviously. And game two is tomorrow. It'll be Kevin Gaussman versus Julio Urias. Gaussman, again, has been the Giants' ace, really, for the past two seasons. But Webb earned the part. Webb lived up to it. Now it's up to Gossman to prove and back up Webb. Giants have a real great opportunity tomorrow. And, you know, this Dodgers team won 106 games. There's an argument that the most talented team in the league, I think everyone would have called them the most talented team entering the year. And it's only because the Giants have had such an incredible season that that is maybe up, that is up for debate right now. But Julio Arias is the starting pitcher. The Giants match up with the best. The Giants will be able to stack right-handed hitters in that lineup if they want to. Right? I mentioned you know you have Chris Bryant. You obviously have Posey, Crawford, the lone lefty who will probably still get the start at shortstop. Obviously should get the start at shortstop. You have Longoria at third to get another righty bat in there. You have Wilmer Flores you can put at first base. You have Darren Ruff you could throw in the outfield, and you have Austin Slater as well. I wouldn't be shocked if the only lefties in the lineup are some combination of Mike Yastrzemski and Brandon Crawford, but to be honest, it wouldn't shock me if Yastrzemski's on the bench for someone like Steven Duggar if Kapler wants to go for defense, but nonetheless, I I think we'll probably see something like Slater in center field, Ruff in left field, Yaz in right field, then on the infield, Longoria at third, Crawford at short, Donovan Solano at second, Wilmer Flores at first, and of course Buster Posey behind the dish. It's so exciting. I I don't want to be too repetitive. And obviously, 
there's not too much to analyze. I don't need to go into the numbers. I don't need to give you some deep scouting report. You know these teams at this point. The Giants and Dodgers played nine, played 18 times this year. Both teams won nine games before tonight. Giants team won 107 games. It's I, I just you know I really hope um, you take the time to enjoy it. Obviously, the Giants have. Not quite a commanding lead, but definitely a huge lead here early in this series, but that can evaporate in a second. So really take the time to enjoy this season because it's been incredible. It's been unexpected. And again, I, I hope you're doing what you can to take in what was a marvelous performance from Logan Webb tonight. You know, you think back to before this season. Logan Webb had a career 5-3-6 ERA and wasn't slated to be in the Giants rotation. Camilo Doval had never pitched above high A. Buster Posey, Brandon Crawford, they hadn't posted an OPS of 750. That's that all, all that's a 350 on base and 400 slugging or a 325 on base and a 425 slugging. That's not great. That's just you know maybe slightly above league average, right around league average. Neither of them had done that. Since 2017, Posey hadn't done it since 2017. Crawford hadn't done it since 2016. It's a long time. There were old players on the wrong side of 30. We sit here seven, eight months later. Giants are up one nothing in the NLDS. Logan Webb was dominant, showing flashes of Tim Lincecum, looking like the next in line of homegrown. Giants pitchers following in the footsteps of Lincecum, Matt Cain, Madison Bumgarner. Camilo Doval looks like the best homegrown reliever the Giants have had since Brian Wilson. Buster Posey, Brandon Crawford, both with huge home runs. And it wasn't a surprise it wasn't getting a little bit out of the veterans. It was getting the most from your stars because Crawford and Posey have been pivotal to this team's success. Crawford has a case to be the National League MVP this year, and I don't need to get in that postseason debate because the Giants are playing postseason baseball. But nonetheless, it's just been incredible to watch this team. Incredible and see them get to that point. And now they'll turn around and play tomorrow. Um, you know, as I mentioned, we've been kind of doing the Sound of the Foghorn more sporadically. I'm going to try and essentially make this a game-by-game podcast to take you guys through the playoffs. And on that note, I have a little personal announcement I want to make here um, at the end of the first episode of this postseason pod is this is going to be the end of my run um, hosting Sound the Foghorn and probably the end of my run at around the foghorn, um, at least for the time being, um, around the foghorn um, gave me a platform to write about baseball, a platform to write about the Giants that I hadn't had um, many opportunities before, and and because of around the foghorn, I've been able to you know reach a much larger audience, get to know many of you, and um, it's been incredible for, for my growth and giving me a, a ton of great relationships um, and new experiences I, I am very grateful for. Um, if you do follow me on Twitter, though, you've seen that I recently became a contributor at Niners Nation, um, the 49ers um, flagship site over at SB Nation, and Golden State of Mind, the Golden State Warriors flagship site over at SB Nation. 
And between those two commitments, I just haven't had the time to do as much covering the Giants as I've wanted to um, these last couple months. I made a point to get my top 31 prospects rankings, which you guys know if you, if you haven't, go on. Um, honestly, I think if you just Google like Mark DeLuke prospect rankings or around the Foghorn Giants prospect rankings, it'll be the first thing that comes up. I mean, you guys know I, I pour my heart and soul into that. And I wanted to get that on September 1st because that's when I started those two gigs. I didn't want to have a lot on my plate. But, you know, this I wanted to give it a trial run to see if I could continue at ATF alongside those two sites, maybe in a smaller role. And I, I just don't think it's sadly going to be something that's sustainable given the circumstances um, here at Fansided. I am going to continue following the Giants, trying to write about the Giants, definitely tweeting about the Giants. Um, so make sure to follow me over there. And But for now, I am a free agent when it comes to my Giants analysis. So if you guys um, want um, to stick by me and support me, you can go on over to Twitter and follow me at Mad Deluki. That is M-A-D-D-E-L-U-C-C-H-I. Um, again, I cover the Giants, Warriors, and 49ers mostly, um, and you'll hear me tweeting about it. But um, for now, this Giants postseason run is going to be um, probably my last work covering the Giants at um, around the Foghorn. Um, it's bittersweet. Um, it's I'm I'm glad it's happening because you know it's frankly you know it's been a, a bit of a slog. Um, for me, just, you know, getting up and get, getting my career started, um, and, and I am in a better place, and that's why I'm able to move on. You know, a fan side that I think purports itself to be a place for, um, you know, new people to, to get an audience and try to build a reputation to hopefully move on to bigger and better things, and, and um, I think I'm taking the first steps to hopefully ending up in a place um, that, that can make me, um, you know, happy and, and in a more sustainable place. Um, but you know, it's not, um, it's not lost on me that the opportunities I've, I've had, um, the relationships I've gotten to build are in large part because of the opportunities, um, that people like Joel Reuter and, uh, Kurt Menching, um, gave to me, um, on this site. When I was just a contributor in college, uh, looking for an excuse to write about the Giants, and then it snowballed into you know doing prospect profiles, doing prospect rankings, and scouting reports, and um, you know breaking news, um, and, and that has been a great privilege. And again, I, I I am not done following the Giants. I'm not done trying to cover the Giants, but sadly, it's probably not going to be sustainable um, at around the Foghorn anymore. So, um. This has been another episode of Sound the Foghorn. Again, while I may be leaving soon, this podcast isn't going anywhere yet. I'm going to host this all the way through the playoffs. So however far the Giants get, I will be taking you along with me. So please stay tuned to that. Stay up to date on all the latest Giants news and rumors. Make sure to give Around the Foghorn a follow um, at Twitter um, on Twitter at Round the Foghorn. And again, as I, as I mentioned earlier, you can follow me on Twitter at Mad Deluki. That is M-A-D-D-E-L-U-C-C-H-I. So, as always, stay tuned to another episode. Until next time, stay safe and have a wonderful week.